0: Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be discussing identity. Identity can be so important for how we choose to define ourselves and how we can allow this to evolve over time. Sometimes we get stuck in identities of whether it's like our own opinion or emotion towards ourselves, others' opinions of us, um, past or present or subconscious judgments towards ourselves, even thinking about who we may become in the future. And then there's also some aspects of competition, criticism and comparison when it comes to our identity. There are ways in which that can weaken our sense of self or Improve it and help us become more of who we wish to be. And I also do want to touch on how social media is playing an effect in our sense of identity and how it almost kind of creates a psychological subset of self um, in the process of us engaging with it and ways in which we can engage with it in a very healthy, balanced way and, um, you know, really focus on our value system and allow that to be something that becomes strengthened through a variety of practices over time. So first I want to start out by talking about how our own opinions and emotions can affect our identity. Oftentimes we are our hardest critics, but one of the things that can help us from not being so hard on ourselves and not really kind of identifying with things that might be a little bit more harsh is we always want to be moving towards kinder judgments away from harsh judgments when we're identifying ourselves but sometimes i think people can affirm really negative things about themselves even on a subconscious level and say really negative things about themselves to themselves and um it can just lead towards a really bad relationship with yourself where you're self-deprecating or you don't think you're capable of things. Maybe other people are saying that to you, which we'll get to later. But really, that internal dialogue has to be monitored pretty closely so that you can really take charge and be aware of influencing your values and who you are as a person. So one of the first things you want to do in creating your identity, whether it's, you know, you're moving towards kind of creating a new concept of yourself or moving into a new stage of your life and you're becoming more of the person that you want to become, there are things that you can do in the process to clarify your values and make sure, you know, what you're doing is really supporting that. So kind of steps towards value clarification would pretty much stem from these basic four steps. You want to think about what is most important to you. What do you value in life and what makes you feel very, what are you really passionate about? What do you value? Some people might say trust or honesty. I know some of my values I'll share that you know i just i value discovering my infinite potential in life i want to discover what i am capable of in my life and so i like to engage in a lot of different things that allow me to do that whether it's different activities different types of you know food or fruits and vegetables trying a lot of different things trying different lifestyles i want to experience that so that's a part of me doing that also i value creating beauty and constructivity out of my emotions, whether they be mental stress or physical pain and sadness and fear. So I want to use those emotions and the intensity of those emotions to create something beautiful out of it and to be able to process those things, not let those things attack and consume me and put me into a dark place. I want to use those intense emotions to create artistic choreography with my dancers and you know, create stories and create something beautiful out of that place where it allows other people to maybe feel those same things but in a very different way in a different space and with a different level of compassion and sensitivity. Another thing that I value is sobriety and skills practices because this is how I prefer to process my stress. I don't want to go towards exterior substances in order to affect my mood or my emotional state or my identity I want to be very much in a state of influence over that without needing external factors. I really value sobriety for that reason. I don't want to be hooked on whatever kind of substances because that's just not the kind of life that I want. And it's not really even something that I want to play around with or even... You know, experiment with because I think I've seen in my past where it can take people, and I'm not interested in that. It's not something that I've ever been interested in, and I doubt it'll be something that I would be interested in in the future. So that's a huge part of my value system. And I value practicing skills. I like practicing skills and tools for emotional regulation rather than just letting it get, you know, all over the place and letting it get to the point where I feel really out of, you know, out of a state of balance, and I want to use things that will allow me to calm down. Things like meditation, things like dance, things like, you know, dialectical, behavioral therapy, things like meditation, sound healing, you know, massage if needed, if my body's in a lot of pain. Um, you know, going towards those things and using more tools and self-regulating practices rather than trying to go outside of myself looking for happiness too much. So those are a couple of the values and I will touch on some of the other ones. Uh, I'm not going to go through my entire value system in this episode, but I am going to touch on a few just so it might give you options that you might be able to relate to some of the things that I'm talking about. So those are the. that's kind of the first step. You want to think what is most important and What do I value? The second step would be, am I acting in service to these things? A lot of the time, people will go against their value system. They'll do things that don't align with their values, and then they'll end up upset about it. (laughs) Just like, you know, we're weird humans. You know, (laughs) we're just kind of weird in the fact that we do that sometimes. It's, It's normal, I guess, but it is important that for our happiness and for our feelings of joy and security and physical pleasure and avoiding things like pain, sadness, and fear, you know, we want to move towards those practices that allow us to feel that happiness, and that comes from a variety of practices taking place so that we can feel that when we are implementing our value system and we are acting in service to our own values, whatever they may be, then that will lead to our happiness over time. And if it doesn't, that's where we can kind of adjust and say, you know, which moves on to the next point, which is number three, which would be, is this helping me or hindering me with my growth? that's where we can kind of get to that point where we can see, is this helping me or is it hindering me? You know, I think um, I reached this point in my vegan journey too, where I felt like eating massive amounts of fruit all the time during a certain point in my life, I was like, this just feels like way too much, you know, and I wanted to eat some other types of things like greens and other vegetables and things like that. And I did feel the benefits of eating a raw vegan diet and living that lifestyle But there were other times where I felt like other things had to be adjusted and it was okay. And so I was able to make those adjustments and move forward and feel better, which is how I wanted to feel. So the fourth would be, are you open to change? Asking yourself this question is huge. There are so many people and so many guests that I've had on this show, many of which who have had an identity shift or an identity sort of change. They've either changed some aspect of their lifestyle, but certain things have always remained consistent. And that is very common for most people. I feel like, you know, there will be aspects of us that will change over time. We might be entering into a different relationship, have a new type of hobby or friends. We might switch jobs. We might move to a different country or a different state. We might, you know, change certain aspects of ourselves on a physical level. There are a lot of different things that we'll go through in our life, and remembering to come back to our value system and edit it, process it, eliminate things, add new things in, with the process of our growth is really important so that we can continue growing through the years and with the other developments um, that are going on around us in the world, we want to continue to evolve with that. So our identity evolving is a part of that process as well on a more psychological level. Now, one thing that can kind of hinder, um, you know, change in identity and stuff sometimes is our emotions. So there are ways in which we can use our emotions and our emotional state to influence our identity or our thoughts about ourselves instead of being very critical on ourselves. Again, moving towards those kinder judgments. So you want to identify the emotion that you're feeling first. Primary emotions being fear, sadness, physical pain, security, Safety, joy, physical pleasure. Those are pretty much the six to seven really primary emotions that we feel on a biological level. And these are adaptive. You know, secondary emotions, which are extensions of those main emotions, are really kind of, um, you know, they're in more of a judgment of the primary emotion. So you might be feeling angry because you're making a judgment about the fear that you're feeling, or you might be feeling guilt or um, despair because you're judging the sadness that you're having, along those lines. So first, you want to identify the emotion that you're feeling and get to the root of it. You also want to identify what are we saying to ourselves about our personality or our identity or what we're saying to ourselves about the core elements of ourself. What judgments are we making about ourselves? How are we talking to ourselves? What are we saying about ourselves and how is that making us feel? How is that influencing our state? We can also question how essential or permanent, consequential or true these identity statements are. You know, I can say I have brown eyes because I was born with brown eyes. There's not too much that's probably going to change that. That's genetic, yeah? Those are things that I can't really change. Like, I'm, you know, a certain height. My skin's a certain color. I have, you know, things like that you can't really change. Your outlook and your perspective on things can change to a degree of how conscious you are of it. So, you know, you want to look at the things that you can't change. How is it affecting your life and how would your life be different if you were able to change it and what process needs to take place if you are to go through that? Also, you want to practice identity statements that are more consistent with what you desire. So if you have an outlook about yourself or an image of yourself or, you know, kind of a a mission that you have of what you want to be in your life and who you want to be as a person to make identity statements and practice identity statements that are more consistent with that image. So getting clear on what you want, what you want to become, who you want to become, how you want to impact the world, all of those things, those are things that you really want to be in touch with. I can speak for per- from personal experience When I was younger, I knew that I did not want to engage with drugs or alcohol or a lot of promiscuous behavior. That was not something that I really wanted to do from a young age because I had a lot of mentors and people that were maybe, you know, anywhere between 5 to 20 or even 30 years older than me when I was growing up that I would ask questions, you know how do you feel about this? Did you feel like this experience in your life was necessary or they could just like, you know, kind of glaze over it and it wasn't that big of a deal? You know, so I had good mentorship in my life. And when I saw myself, I wanted to see myself growing up being healthy and, um, you know, I wanted to be very much of like who I am now. I feel attractive. I feel beautiful. I feel very healthy in my own skin. I feel like I'm a good role model to my students and I'm happy. I'm happy doing what I do in my life. And that may not be like 100% of the time because I'm not a robot and stuff, but I know how to bring myself back to feeling happy emotions. And I know the things that I can practice in my life that allow me to feel that happiness. So when I was younger, I wanted to be even stronger and more flexible than I was at that age. And that is consistent with the reality that I have now. So because I made statements and identified with things when I was at a younger age and saw this is what I want, this is what I don't want, I started to make choices and make adjustments in my life necessary to help that come to be. So, you know, like, for example, when I was in high school, one of my good friends decided that she wanted to experiment with drugs and alcohol and kind of get into more promiscuous behavior, which, you know, to be fair, a lot of high school students do. And that is sort of the norm. It's not necessarily the you know reality for everybody, but it is pretty consistent that that's what a lot of people do. And that wasn't what I wanted to do. And this kind of gets into the resistance and disapproval of others. Um, which I'll talk about a little bit more later, but, you know, I had to talk with her and be like, you know, I really appreciate your friendship and we've had so many fun times together and stuff. I'm not interested in, you know, doing drugs or alcohol or really hanging out with people that do those kinds of things because I don't want to be in situations where I'm around people that are doing that kind of stuff. Even if like something wouldn't immediately happen to me, I don't want to put myself in that situation. So I just had to tell her, you know, I respect you as a person, but this is what I feel is appropriate for my life. And these are not things that I want to engage in. So, you know, we may need to (laughs) change how much we're hanging out together or I might not want to hang out with you when you're around those people. So, you know, that was because it was a part of my value system, again, valuing that sobriety and you know, learning about myself born in the process and how to handle stress, not using those types of things, learning how to have a good time without using external substances and really just being able to feel that on a very internal level. That was something that I valued. It's still something that I value. And I still, you know, now have a lot of friends that value those things, too. So sometimes we can be scared of like the loss of what may happen if we are you know, we receive the disapproval of other people, but we can stay focused on what our value system is and make sure that that is our priority, that is what we're focusing on, and that is what we are acting in service to. So, you know, for me, Another one of my values, going back to the first one that I mentioned, is to discover my infinite potential. I've had many different jobs. I've worked in a lot of different industries. I've had plenty of hobbies. I've tried a lot of different types of physical exercise. And, you know, a lot of these new things are allowing me to meet cool, open-minded people. And for me, I feel like if I learn from all of the experiences that I have and I'm honoring my value system, that's where I can grow. That's how I am allowing myself to act in service to my value system by being that open-minded person that I want to be. And it allows me to see what's working, what I like, what I don't like, see what's working. And if it doesn't work, you know, adjust and be gentle with myself in the process of doing that and allow myself to try different things if that feels right to me. So I think... How you choose to define yourself and where the emotion sets in that, how that affects the whole process, is something that will be a very individual experience for every single person. But, you know, I hope the steps that I've shared right there will kind of help you adjust that over time. Because all of us, like, we don't really necessarily stay 100% the exact same person we were when we were younger. for long periods of time and that gets into the next thing which is others opinion of us we have to interact with other people most of the time Um, many of us it's it's kind of a necessity like you know we thrive in community and with relationship whether it's friendship personal relationships intimate relationships um, collaborations with people like human beings are meant to have community we're not meant to live in isolation Um, And, you know, in this process of being alive and active in this day and age, you know, we're exposed to so many others opinions and beliefs, especially if we're present on social media. There are so many things that we're exposed to other people's diets, other people's lifestyles, other people's style of their relationships, where people live, where people travel. I mean, it's really endless. Everything that we're exposed to. Or can be exposed to. You know, sometimes we can get inspired by other people's content. Sometimes it's challenging our own value system and our beliefs. And we're like, yeah, I don't really agree with what they're saying, but peace be with you type of vibes. Um, And we can also learn from others and aspire to incorporate new habits into their lifestyle. And I feel like veganism kind of had that place for me because when I started getting into the vegan lifestyle about nine, ten years ago, it was very much along the lines of like not super mainstream, but social media made it more accessible because anybody was able to upload content to the internet pretty much like through YouTube or a blog or something. So I could learn from other people's experience with that lifestyle and, you know, sort of gain the tips and tricks that they had learned they're willing to share and apply that in my life so I could see how it would work for me. So that's a way I feel like it can be used as a positive, Um, you know, but I think a lot of people, um, you know, can be distracted by others' value system. They can think, oh, this person does that, so I should do this too, or, you know, can compare, Their life to the other person's and be like, oh, my relationship should be like this, or my lifestyle should be like this, or maybe I should just quit my job and travel the world. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there are all kinds of things we can get exposed to, but I feel like that comparison aspect of it can be a bit of a trap. So, you know, there are a lot of different things that people are always posting about and There's as many different ways to do things in the world as there are people, really. There's as many different diets as there are people because, let's face it, like, not all people eat exactly the same, even in the whole world. Like, even if people are in the same exact family, everybody has a little bit of different tastes. Some people like sweets a little bit more than they like savory stuff like they have their different favorite maybe foods that they like or whatever or their own activities like everybody is so individual and so unique for the most part and everybody's going to have their own preferences you know and having studied anthropology when I was at UCSD like that being my major sociocultural anthropology with more of a medical emphasis I studied a lot of the different cultures from around the world and got to learn about how a lot of different people live. And that was a really awesome experience for me. There was so much I learned from from studying that. But, you know, understanding others' values and beliefs and practices and I just I feel like incorporating those ideals into my life, which may be effective, was, you know, kind of a cool process to be able to engage with. I feel like there's a lot we can learn from each other. So, you know, if one person gains healing from a certain type of healing modality, then maybe we can learn to try that instead of pharmaceutical medication. Or there might be different practices that take place culturally in different areas of the world that we could try to incorporate into our own life to, you know, meet a different need in a different way than we might have been previously exposed to. So, it's important to be open-minded to those types of things because you can learn from those experiences. You might see that what works for other people maybe doesn't work for you, maybe it just doesn't align with you and that's okay. You know, we can we can see for ourselves what we want to align with and what we don't want to align with. That is our responsibility, that is our choice. I think, you know, touching on another one of my values is communication, and especially when it comes to relationships, any kind of relationship, your relationship with food, people, God, politics, life, you know, you want to have good communication in your relationships, whether it's internal or external or even spiritual. So, um, you know, there are so many ways to make it work as far as, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody who has a very different lifestyle than you, I think if you communicate about those things and you're able to find the common ground in which both of you are able to relate on some things, then I think it still can work. I feel like communication is one of the most important things in a relationship, and it can affect our identity. And getting to the point which I mentioned earlier, the resistance or disapproval from others This is something that can be very, very heavy when we talk about identity and evolving our personal identity. There are so many times I've heard from people where they want to change. They want to make a change in their life, but they're like, oh, like, you know, my spouse isn't really going to agree with that, or my family's not on board, or I don't know, I'm just kind of nervous to bring that up, you know, but you want to stick to your value system, You have to, you know, like I did with my friend when I was younger, what she was doing didn't align with my values. So I had to communicate that to her, not just be like, okay, I don't want to be friends anymore. And then she's like, what the heck? You know what I mean? Like it was my job to communicate that to her. And I took responsibility for doing that and, you know, mentioned, that we could affirm the relationship or the friendship in a different way. You know, we were friends and we could still do things like go to the Del Mar Fair or go to the beach or like, you know, whatever it may be and just like hang out and stuff with other friends and, and things like that. But it didn't have to involve any type of substances and there could be other things maybe just, you know, like catching up on the phone every once in a while or something like that. You know there are other ways to affirm that relationship and make sure that it is taken care of beyond whatever thing that might not be you know whatever thing that you might not be on the same page about to just kind of let that drop to the side and not make such a big deal out of it or place such high importance on it. I know for me changing my lifestyle as far as how I eat was a little bit of a rocky road in the beginning um, when it came to my family and like socializing and stuff initially but over time you know there are a lot of friendships and relationships that I keep in my life that don't have anything to do with my diet and they're really based on a lot of other things and just being able to enjoy a lot of other common interests with people and I get to be open-minded to their other ways of living their life and they are that way with me too and those are the kind of relationships that I really value so you know everything doesn't have to be you know like the same 100% of the time you know there's it's okay to respect each other's differences it's okay to have differences and there's no reason you should have to feel like you're shameful or guilty about putting your value system first if something's important to you Oftentimes, those types of feelings really stem from a primary emotion of fear. And I really encourage people to challenge it for your own progress. Challenge that fear and be like, you know, what? it might be afraid. I might be afraid to stand up, you know, for myself in this regard, you know, and say, you know, sorry, grandma, I'm not going to eat your food because my value system has changed and I don't eat animals anymore. <laughs> like, you know, it's like at some point, I had, to, I had to cross that bridge, you know what I mean? So there are certain things in our life that are worth it for that to happen. And if it is worth it to you, then make that change for yourself because you deserve to have your value system met because it connects you to your identity and it also contributes to your happiness and well-being. And I think when it comes to love, one of the kind of unfortunate aspects of love, which I'm sure people will kind of, you know, be like, oh, Victoria, it's so cynical. But love is conditional. Love is conditional. There are certain types of unconditional love, and I feel like we can be unconditionally loving to ourselves, but love is conditional. When you think about it, you know, people love people who support their value system, their goals, and affirm those things? And the other way around, you know, think of anybody that you really love in your life. If you're around somebody who doesn't support your goals, affirm you, and you don't feel the same way about them, is, you know, do you really have feelings of love for that person? You know, I think you don't always have to have the same exact goals as that individual. You don't even have to um, necessarily have the same lifestyle as that person. There are ways that you can choose to love people, but love really is a choice and it is an option that we can exercise or choose to not exercise. But I think it is kind of one of those ugly sides to the reality of it that, yes, I do believe that unconditional love is possible. Um, I think it should be experienced in our relationship with ourselves, primarily, and, you know, there may be things over time that we can experience with other people that will lead us towards a path of feeling unconditionally loving towards them, but just like disparity and paranoia is very, very, you know, um, vulnerable emotion on the more kind of scary, fearful end of the spectrum. When we look at happiness and joy and physical pleasure, you know, love is kind of on the other side of that spectrum, but you're in such a vulnerable place still. Even if you do love somebody, you do have to acknowledge if there is fear there, if there is sadness there, if there is physical pain or physical discomfort, those are things that still have to be acknowledged. And I feel like over time, if you are in a genuinely loving relationship, then those things will be things that are communicated about and resolved and talked about so that there are more emotions of joy, security, safety, and physical pleasure being experienced maybe more so of the time. But expecting somebody else to fulfill all your wants and needs and define you as a person, I think, is a very unrealistic goal. And, you know, there are many who would agree with me. There are probably many who would disagree with me that might be hopeless romantics. But, you know, I do feel like it is a personal responsibility to uphold our value system and to go after the things that are meaningful to us in our life. I know that for me, that, um, you know, I value intrinsic happy emotions and making myself happy versus making other people happy. That doesn't mean I want to make other people upset, but I do value putting myself first in my life. And I do understand that my happiness, you know, between sort of if you think of yourself as a team of me, myself and I, and you have to hold hands and sing kumbaya or whatever you want to sing, then like, you know, these are things that you want to practice. You want to be feeling that togetherness. You want to be feeling that oneness and that that happiness with yourself primarily. And if that connects and resonates with another person or they're able to relate to you and, you know, they're on the same page, Fantastic but I genuinely don't live my life to make other people happy. I live it to make myself happy. And many of the people and friends and people that I've attracted to myself and connected with over time have been people that really resonate with that type of mindset. They do take care of themselves and they do prioritize their relationship with themselves and they take care of themselves. And it allows me to have the type of connections with them where, You know, I know that they're doing the type of practices to take care of themselves so that they can come into the friendship or the relationship that we have and, you know, experience that fully in a really healthy way. And we're able to, you know, um, be very open minded towards each other's opinions and really just enjoy having a good connection. It's something very, very important to me personally. So, I think, you know, when you put yourself first and when you really value um, and you prioritize regular, consistent communication about your values in your relationships that you have with people, that will be something that will also strengthen your value system and strengthen your sense of identity. So, you know, don't be afraid to stand your ground if necessary. You know, you want to put your personal enjoyment Um, versus others enjoyment really you want to prioritize that for yourself and also you know be understanding of others well-being you want to contribute to other people's positive feelings and you know those types of things but we can't be responsible for other people's values or their emotions or their actions at the end of the day and um, you know everybody's going to experience happiness in a different way and I can relate this to my journey with dance also Dancing professionally is, you know, there's a lot of different ways to dance professionally. I did not choose to go the route where I wanted to be a backup dancer for an artist or constantly be going to auditions and stuff. I wanted to work on the choreographer end of the spectrum. I did want to dance with companies here and there um, to build my skills and learn a lot of different things. But, you know, I'm doing what's right for me and what makes me happy, and there are many different ways to make that kind of thing work. I just had to ask myself what will make me the happiest, and so that's the path that I chose to follow. Moving on, when we look at our relationship to our identity in the past, the present, the subconscious, as well as the future, there are a lot of intense feelings and emotions about past events for a lot of people. And maybe people can say, oh, I did this or that, so that makes me a this or that type of person, or whatever it may be. There are a lot of harsh judgments that can come from that type of thinking. Thinking, I did this, so that makes me a this type of person. (laughs) like Labeling yourself is is a little bit harsh and we want to again move towards kinder judgments. You want to move towards a place of forgiveness towards yourself. You don't need to deal with all of the issues from your past, but you may want to deal with some of the issues from your past that really stand out maybe that are worth the energy of putting it in to healing whatever that experience might have been. And I would say try your best to not judge your emotions about the event that may have happened. Let's say maybe you went through some type of abuse or a breakup or something really traumatic or hurtful to you. Try not to judge your your feeling about that. Maybe you feel guilty. Maybe you feel sad. Maybe you feel fear about what might happen in the future because you're making um, judgments about what may happen in the future. That's a process you can choose to engage with or kind of not engage with and really let go. You know, you don't have to give those experiences or judgments more energy than they already take up in your life. You know, talking about, you know, really moving towards goals and setting something, you know, goals up in your life. Another one of my personal values is I value working towards my goals and my dreams I want to focus on the things that I can make happen in my life. And I don't want to dwell on the past too much because I feel like that doesn't allow me to move forward. And if my priority is to move forward, then I don't want to focus on the past too much. I think we can learn past uh, lessons from our past and we can learn from our past and apply those lessons in the future. But it is important to keep moving forward and not dwell on the past too much. You know, self-love and forgiveness are very very important things in that process rather than placing others happiness above our own you know we might be thinking oh like I made this person's life terrible or whatever it may be whatever you did you you know you know what it is <laughs> but um you know it's you want to you want to You want to take care of your own emotions and make sure that you're putting yourself first and forgiving yourself for whatever you may have done. Really using skills of um, not being too critical on yourself, maybe constructively critical in the things that you can improve upon, but not critical to the point where it is causing you to spiral downwards and really be in a bad place. You know, sometimes anticipating loss in the future can create sadness about things that didn't even happen yet. So that can sometimes happen where you're like, "Oh, this will never happen for me" and make a lot of really all or nothing type of statements or really grandiose statements about things, you know, in the sense of um just really making yourself upset for things that haven't even happened yet keeping that open-minded perspective that good things can come your way and, you know, some unfortunate things may happen, but believing in yourself that you'll be able to get through whatever those things may be is a bit more of a hopeful and positive outlook that you can incorporate into your life. You know, you can use manifestations or affirmation, practicing opposite action, doing things differently than you've done in the past, vision boards, things like this, you know, There's a lot of different tools and resources out there that can help you in being positive about your future. And again, like creating that identity that you may aspire to become similar to what I did when I was younger to becoming who I am now. Um, That's something that can really be effective in helping you move forward. And coming to a place of awareness, acceptance, and appreciation, which I've talked about on a previous episode that practice of just coming back to the present moment. You know, we can get really lost in thinking about the past too much or thinking about what may become in the future too much. And sometimes we lose track of what is actually happening in the present moment. And we can use that practice of awareness, becoming aware of our surroundings, becoming aware of our internal emotions, becoming aware of our situation, aware of our breath, And we can come to a place of acceptance towards that and being, okay, I accept these are the things that are the way they are right now in this moment. And appreciate what is. Appreciate what is. What you do have, what is working, and focus on creating more of that rather than dwelling on what isn't. And in that process of appreciating more of what already is there, you can think of how you want to build upon that and what other things you can incorporate into your life in the future. Taking small steps over time, you know, making small adjustments over time, maybe even writing out a timeline for yourself of certain things that you want to achieve at a certain point, whatever those may be, and give yourself that clarity. You know, I think... Um, you are capable of change, you can change, and it is your responsibility to change if you do want to change. No one else can do that for you. And I think, um, you know, using the concept of competition, sometimes people think about the concept of competition like they're competing against another person. I like to think about the concept of competition as, um, you know, challenging my own thoughts and beliefs. Like, my wise mind space is going to challenge however I'm thinking about the situation rather than being really maybe hyper-rational about things or way, like, super, super objective about things and leaving all emotion out of it because, you know, like, we are emotional beings and it's okay to honor our emotions, you know, but... I think being on the rational end of the spectrum has its benefits, but being on the emotional end of the spectrum has its benefits as well. So being in that kind of in-between place between both of them rather than on extreme, far-out ends of the spectrum is a really good place to be. Um, and that's where, honestly, I try to and like to make some of you know the more important decisions in my life about... I like to do it from that place. You know, stay present, don't let your ego win. You want to let kind of the more spirit side of you more so than your ego win. Your ego is really wrapped up in appearance and, you know, judgments about yourself or other people. That's a very egotistical type of place where if you're thinking from more of a spiritual mindset, you're thinking about what's best for not only your well-being, but the well-being of other people obviously prioritizing your well-being in the process of that. And you want to think about really in the grand scheme of things, short-term happiness or long-term happiness or, you know, an evolving sort of happiness. Like what is really being created in this process and how can you use that competitive side in your mind to really choose the right choices that are going to help you get what you want in your life and let go of the self-deprecating thoughts. Let go of the stuff that's holding you back and stay in a state of practicing healthy behaviors and recognize and challenge the emotions that you want to practice influence over. You know, wrapping it up with all the competition criticism and comparison when it comes to criticism which was kind of mentioned in the first point and how critical we are in ourselves when we are influencing our emotions over our identity, you know, you can use constructive critiques in regards to your past identity by being objective and rational about what's working and what isn't working. You know, critique can be a very positive tool in that way. And, you know, if you let it get into the place where you're unjustifiably shaming yourself or others, that can kind of dig it into a really negative place. You know, if I was so hard on myself about having a past of eating animals you know, because I haven't been vegan my entire life, then I might stay in that place where I just feel terrible all the time because not only did I feel so sick from eating animals and animal products, um, you know, but I would feel bad about the suffering and the you know, torture and the killing that I contributed to as well. So it's important to be in the present and be like, you know what, that's a part of my past. I've learned from that. I've learned why changing my lifestyle is not only beneficial for my health, the health of the animals and the planet, but I'm moving towards and working towards a place of greater health and putting that piece of my past in my past and not making harsh judgments about myself because I didn't know any better at the time. So when you know better, you do better. When it comes to comparison, especially when it comes to the aspect of social media and when you're exposed to other people's online profiles and they're creating these profiles where there is such like a subset of your psychology. People can put whatever type of image they want to of themselves out on the internet really and filter it and all this kind of stuff. Like you, People can make their life look however they want it to look essentially. And if you get too wrapped up in that delusion, then you may get lost in the facts and you may get lost in your value system. You may get lost in feeling a little bit thrown in your values. You know, you can let comparing yourself to other people's value system, you can let that kind of comparison process actually make your value system stronger and be like, you know what, I actually don't agree with that person's lifestyle and that's okay. You know, if that makes them happy, good for them, but this is how I choose to live my life. You know, it almost becomes like the concept of, you know, vaccinating yourself from certain things. You know, it might make, it it puts a little bit of the virus in you for a bit, but then it allows your body to build up antibodies towards it and reasoning as to why that's not good for yourself or it's not good for your body. So, you know, you don't have to agree with everybody. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to, but just set your limits with things and be clear on what you want in your life as far as your value system. And that will allow you to engage with social media in a healthy way so that you can be present and online and sharing who you are as an authentic individual from an authentic space, but not feeling like you need to be one way or another in order to engage with that. And again, coming back to the concept of competition, you can compete against the idea of self-judgment or deprecation and rather be that person that's cheerleading for yourself to build yourself up and move towards goal achievements, move towards creating more success in your life and allowing you to achieve more of what you're capable of in your life you are capable of becoming whoever you want to be and you deserve that. So I hope this episode was helpful and gave you some skills and some tools that you can refer back to and hopefully got you thinking about how your identity can evolve over time as well. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you, and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential.